This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, hey, y'all. Hey, hey, y'all. This one is explicit. Hello, Jessica. Hello, Elsie. How's it going? Good. How are you? Peachy. Can you tell that I'm like, that wasn't very <laughs> Was it supposed to be? No, I, I, I'm, I, I'm a little bit anxious today. I feel why, why? the pressure of many things to do all day today is what is happening. What? Well, we still have to record week four. We, mm-hmm. I have a lips in live tonight at seven. Mm-hmm. I have two articles that are due on the 15th. My taxes okay. are due on the 17th, and it is March 9th, mm-hmm. and I'm feeling a little bit behind with all that stuff. So that is it. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, and I was just feeling under the gun because I have to title a new car tomorrow. <laughs> it's not my new car. It's Emily's car, but still, it's she's got a temp tag that... Um, expires tomorrow i really am having a problem thinking i'm so sorry in advance i know you have um because why don't you tell the people what your problem is what's your problem jess i got excited at accomplishing things and it screwed me up what do you mean that's what happened so like yesterday i had a small amount of time within which i could get some stuff done and i went ham Right. And then I got some stuff done. So we finished the Podcasting 101 course, which is now at ShePodcast.com forward slash 101. And I am so excited by that. I cannot even take it. And then I finished recording um, a couple of modules. Well, not record. Yeah, re-recording modules for Podcasting School for Women with the new branding and new information. So I got really excited about that. Uploaded it all. Got it all taken care of. We just have one, one or two more models we need to update. And then it's like fully... 2016 fresh off the press and that got me all jazzed up and then i started um oh we elsie i realized something last night that got me so wired i couldn't even see straight wait wait till you hear this i haven't even told you about this I, i probably made a mistake not telling you offline but here we go okay oh great Fabulous. Remember how you asked me, you told me you want to do a press release? So this oh, week, yeah, 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 yeah. this past weekend, for those of you who are listening, we our Facebook group hit 3,000 followers. Well, Woo-hoo! it also happens awesome. to be... Happy dance, happy dance. Okay, go ahead. It also happens to be Women's History Month. Right. So I can play that into the press release and say, like, wh- you know, women podcasters make history for Women's History Month because it's the most amount of women podcasters probably on the planet. Let's let's not kid <laughs> on, ourselves. In one in one Facebook group, absolutely. But, then the, but also we could talk in the press release about why a women's only group is important and yeah, why yeah, boys are yes. you know like it's totally. a, it's a story and then I started yeah. thinking about all the people who are going to want to write about this story. Mhm. And then I couldn't sleep until 5 a.m. Oh, my gosh. And even then I had to force myself. I thought about just not even doing it. I thought about just like pushing through. But then I was like, I mean, but the problem when I stay awake because I co-sleep is that like 
you know, like if Scott's mask starts, you know, he wears a CPAP mask. If it starts hissing, then I try to like adjust it while he's sleeping on oh his my face. Gosh. And like, you know, like Isaac will toss and turn. And then sometimes I like poke him a little just for funsies. Like it's not good for anybody if I'm awake. So I just had to force myself to go to sleep. But then I only slept till like 730. I'm not sure if it's better to just go all out and not sleep when you feel that way or to force yourself to do a little bit. Because I honestly feel like someone's sitting on my face and brain. Like I can't. I can't even function. I'm so tired. I I know exactly how you feel. I've I've also been been there, and I'm not. I don't know what the answer is. I think that possibly the sleeping part is is very important. This, yeah, you know, meaning forcing bit. yourself. Not that duh, having an eight hour whatever more sleep than two hours is always a better choice. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that. I have been there and I think like the best thing that you can do, and this is kind of what I work with when I've been in that place, is to try to relax, which is, hello, the hardest thing ever. So I've used it as a time to practice my inner workings. Your innards are different. My <laughs> <laughs> That's the stuff that comes out when the zombie eats your stomach. Oh, so right. Your innards. <laughs> my innards. That's right. My innards are different. But you know what I've done too is that I've um, listened to meditations in my ears so that I feel like I've accomplished something while I'm lying there because mm-hmm. that's how you do it. And I've also, this is when I, I test out those podcasts that are out there that are about putting you to sleep. I use those, but sometimes they distract me. Right. But I like those too. So that's how I, I do it. Or else, you know, uh, and then I'll put Sherlock Holmes on in my ears because somehow that audiobook really, really helps me. Simon yeah. Vance is the n- narrator for that, and I love his voice. That's probably a good one. So then, like, yeah, I listen to Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could just turn on Donald Trump. Just kidding. Oh, my God. That would not make me fall asleep. No, that would neither. make me have a panic attack. Me neither. So, yeah, that's probably not a good idea. It's a little, yeah, it's a little jarring. So, yeah, so anyway, so I couldn't sleep, so that's why I'm super tired. But I'm so excited because we have so much stuff that's done. And it's like I just feel like I can go on with my life. I know. No, I hear you. I hear you. And I still have, again, we have to record week four and I have to record week seven myself. And so I do, I mean, there's all this other stuff. I feel terrible about that. No, no, no. Don't feel terrible because there's also these other things that I have. Week two was such a hog. It was a hog. Oh, my God. Yeah. But there's, okay, so there's also... The new tutorial for Lipson that I want to get together. I want to redo my Skype tutorial as well and add all of these other yes. different things that need to I be added. I didn't have to redo mine too just because the branding. Why did I? Why did you let me do this? I don't know. With the branding. You should have just been like, what have you done? Stop <laughs> well, yourself. Well, you know what I thought? I mean, if I didn't want to redo, like what I could very easily do because I have the screencast, the, you know, the cre- screencast yeah, for, redo for the that, slides. It's just do the slides. But See? there. But I want to do like there's other content that I want to add to that tutorial now that mm. I want to put in there. So I'm really adamant that I want to do that. And then there's another tutorial too that I was like, oh, oh yeah, submitting your podcast into iTunes now needs to be its own little thing because I don't I don't want to put it inside of our main chunk of anything. Not that we did anyway. Well, it should be one of our tech tutorials. Yeah, right? because yeah. yeah, because now it's just been updated. It's not the same at all anymore. Yeah. And so it really we have to needs update to be it. You're right. It, it There's really... probably a lot of stuff like that. Like, I mean, God forbid GarageBand comes out with a new version. Yeah. Thank God. Well, my GarageBand <laughs> tutorial. Thank God they drag their ass on that a little bit. Yeah. That one still is 
that that one still works. <laughs> that, that one is up works. to date. Although I kind of want to add a couple other little things in there too, but it's not as important as a Skype one. But in but anyway, though, that's a lot of things that I think we need to do and um, yeah, to make podcasting it related. And so it's giving me a lot of oh my god, there's it's so much you to agita. do. A little bit of anxiety, but shall we shall we take it into the news now that we've told everybody? So the, uh, you that know was what? the business meeting portion that of was our the podcast. You just, you've been lucky enough to eavesdrop on the business <laughs> meeting of She Podcasts for the week. That's probably all we're going to talk about. This that week. is. We're just going to talk about how much we have to do and hopefully we'll get it done. But- no, because also this week, gosh, I really want to, that stuff's important, but I also really want to finalize the details for our event at podcast yes, movement that's also i want to do that important. so badly and then make super cool graphics the thing i like about this restaurant that we're trying to have it at in chicago is that it looks like mardi gras it's called carnival with yeah. an e and it looks like mardi gras which just so happens to match our branding yeah so everything about it between the promotion and then also having our pictures taken there even just casual selfie shots it's going to be all branded already yeah because it's- even if you go into their website we're going to put the website on on here guys so maybe you guys can like start to call them and say you need to have chic podcast there <laughs> because it matches our website i mean the colors do obviously but but it's it's very nice it's fair. Yeah, plus the food looks so good. Anyway, so yes. um, that kind of brings me to podcast movement. And if you haven't booked it yet, please keep in mind our event on the Saturday. And don't fly out right away Friday night. And don't fly out first thing Saturday morning. But sort of like, you know, pause your trip and maybe go Saturday night. No one's going to miss you a few extra hours. And you can always just sleep on the plane, right? Yes, absolutely. And plus, we're going to be done like midway through the day or even. Yeah, the fir- we'll it's only going to be the first half point. of the day. So we'll be done at some point. And we're going to do a live taping and we're going to have we have still have giveaways that we never gave away. Those beautiful little doodles that we bought we, last yeah, year. But you can't don't say anything about that just yet. We're going to have that's to, why I called them doodles. Yeah, the doodles, the doodles. Yeah, but we so have special really giveaway doodles that we paid a pretty penny for because they were yes. so cool. We they had to have so them cool. even though we didn't even have an event for them no we, we didn't oh, well, well we actually did have an event but they weren't they were weren't going to be able to be delivered uh, on right. time that's right because we got them through um hot look yeah which still doesn't give anything away no it doesn't <laughs> at all so much but shit. it was fantastic because we it were like fanta- yeah so we have all kinds of cool stuff planned it's july 9th in chicago even if you're not coming to podcast movement pop in for our live event because it's going to be like a whole day's like worth of funness yeah. Anyway, so I want to start promoting that so badly. That's on my to-do list too. And it's once again, I get in this circle. I'm just like, should I make that first? Should I finish? I want to finish podcasting school first because it just has to get done. But also there's a part of me that feels like it's never going to be fully done. True. So- but at least the main chunk of that content needs to be done. And and I understand. I feel the pressure. I yeah. feel the pressure. But yeah. uh, but it's so exciting to get it redone. Yeah. But anyway, any hooser, any hoosers, that information for that will be coming out soon. For now, I would just like to request that you please, please make your travel arrangements around that. And then also, if you haven't bought your ticket for PM yet, our code for you to get forty dollars off is where the hell is it? Is it SP forty? SP forty. You get forty dollars off for podcast movement this July. So if you haven't bought your ticket yet, please do it. Sort of think of like UB40. Remember that terrible band? But it's SP40. It wasn't terrible. That was like... Red Red Wine is pretty terrible. It's a pretty terrible song. It's a terrible song? Terrible. So repetitive. But so many memories, dude. 
Red red wine That's does not keep me really... rocking all the time. It keeps me rocking, but only in the toilet bowl. That... That's all I'm saying. Oh my god! And red red wine does note, not make me feel so so fine. We are now going to transition. Here we go Let's into our news of the episode. Do, 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 do. For the informed podcaster, podcasting news. All right, so the Infinite Dial 2016, which is um, has already happened for you listening, but it's not happened uh, yet for us. Oh here. my god, you just give me a panic attack because it's totally on my calendar. Yeah. So yeah. So for tomorrow, this is Edison Research. Yeah. Well, this is tomorrow. Well, when but, you're well, listening, people, it will have been three days ago. Yes, for you, most of you guys, there's god, a lot of research that's coming out um, from the Infinite Dial, which is really dealing with all things that are digital media consumption audio, video media, things like that, that Edison Research puts out. Usually this is the webinar uh, or the data presented in the year that every single person that is doing any kind of tutorial, article, blog post. It's basically the only research that's quoted for the whole year. Yes, for the whole year. And almost everything that you're going to see. If you have any kind of presentation to make about any type of podcasting for any reason at any time, this is the information that you need. Yes. And this is the information that is generally quoted. And for the most part, it's also positioned to reflect whatever your own agenda is. Just to let you know that's the way it works. (laughs) So... um, So, um, whatever that is, just... you can skew the data in your favor. Exactly what I'm saying. And don't think I don't. And yes. Yeah, so here is a Although little bit. Data, come on. Data speaks for itself. Date, so well, some it does... da- well, it depends though. It depends. It's sort of like, you know, if data is being collected by a specific drug company, they're going to give you certain results rather than results that were not paid for by a drug company. Am well, I correct? That's true, but what does Triton Digital have to gain from D- Triton Digital it's not the is same in as cahoots mineral. with some with some other big cats who? out in the sphere. I'm not gonna say any names. Say who? I wanna know. No, I'm not going time. to say any names because it, but they are there it. is there they do have their foot in a place where it's not neutral, let's put it that way. Is that place midroll? No. Is that place? No, I'm not going to answer the question. Why? I think acquiring minds need to know. No, because it needs to be a public. I don't know if it's a public thing. Oh, I see. So Wait, they have publisher partners. They have published. Yes, absolutely. Okay, is that so, what you're talking about? So NPR, CBS, Spotify, well, iHeartMedia, Pandora, Spreaker. Well, Slacker. yeah, they have. They have some. Of, yes, they do have well, they that. Have a lot but there's of also Wait, they do on. have distribution people. People who are. Oh yeah, ESPN counting on them to deliver. Uh, a oh. certain kind of of data that is going to oh. basically justify or well that still works in our favor let's not lie well and to some degree yes it's just that now i'm a little bit more wary of the data so anyway saying that right. there's a little bit Fair of data enough. here that they teased and that we can share with you now although i'm going to put a link in the show notes for this so that you can see the full presentation they usually post it and then you guys can check out your the data itself but we'll begin with this uh, quote, we love reporting on podcasting here at Edison, and this year we are able to announce that the medium is growing and growing fast. 
The percentage of Americans 12 and over who say they have listened to a podcast in the last month is now 21%, up from 17% last year. That increase is some of the largest growth for the medium that have that we have observed in more than a decade of our podcast research and represents an estimated 57 million Americans. At first when I read that, I was like, really? A whole decade? Really? And then I looked... And I realized that I was not doing math correctly in my head. What do you mean? Well, because at first when I looked at it, I was like, that's only 3%. It's moved 3% before, but it's not. It's 4%. (laughs) 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 That's why it's such a big deal. Because (sighs) since 2008, 2009 was 2. Then it moved up 1. Then it stayed at 12. Then it moved up 2. Then it moved down 2. Then it moved up 3. Then it moved up 2. Now it's moved up Four. Four. So it basically doubled. It doubled. It, it doubled from the 2014 points. to 2015. It raised two percent, and then in the last year, it raised four percent. Now, still, it's still under fifty percent. But whatever, right. we'll take it. We will freaking take it again. We'll see. This is what I'm saying. It's the way you spin it, right? Because if you look at just the numbers like that, then it's like, and then, but the, and then, you know, that's what that, that's an estimated fifty-seven million Americans. So if you that's it, like saying. Eh. That's like right. saying you quadrupled your email list because four people signed up. Exactly. <laughs> and well, it's come true. On, it's still significant if it is 57 million people. It's true. Then 4%'s a lot. 4%'s a lot. But so anyway, there there's that. And Listen, you guys we'll can check out and we will dive into the data, into the relevant data next episode so that we have some time data. to sit down and articulate exactly what we feel about these things. <laughs> Why don't you and I represent their presentation? You want to represent it? That would be the no. most hilarious thing ever. No, because yeah, it's going to be yeah. pretty long. If you think it'll be funny, yes. If it's going to, I think, oh, Just that would be so fun. If we no. have time to do it, because it's going to be, yeah, it's, yeah. We'll Elsie think on Jess it. represent we'll think on the it. presentation for M. Edison Research. Yes, we will think on it. because Yeah, think that, that sounds funny to me. Yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> sure, let's do it. Let's and do now it. let's move a little bit on to Nick Qua's take on iTunes. So Nick Qua is, uh, he is sort of like the maker, the creator of Hot Pod, which is a um, podcasting magazine, which uh, or online magazine delivered no. via yeah. email. Because it's, it's an just email like list. an e, all it is is an email, right? It's I an don't email. Ha- I don't see it any other way. Yeah, no, no. It is an, it is an email. And so. If you want it, it's hotpod.xyz. Yeah. So this That's guy, you and you know, the, hats off to the guy. He's, you know, he started it off because he wanted to have some, he just wanted to have a, a, a way to express himself. He's really good at expressing himself in the written format. He found email to be the way to do it because he was working at the time in a place where uh, he had friends in um, the radio, I would say public radio industry here and there, acquaintances. It picked up a little bit of steam. His insights are smart. Therefore, it picked up a little bit more steam, and he then started to take it a little more seriously, reporting a little bit stronger on um, the goings-on in the podcasting space, highly, 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 almost 100% skewed towards public radio, like the WNYCs, NPRs of the world. Uh, directly reporting on on their scenes and their podcasts, but his insight is really interesting. You know, although I feel that it's still, I'm I'm not 100 behind it because he's not fully reporting on the entirety of podcasting as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, he does leave the I would say 97 percent of the podcasters 
Um, he doesn't report on that. <laughs> so, no, it's just corporate stuff. It's just corporate stuff. He reports stuff, yeah. on corporate stuff at the end. Yeah. Anyway, he really covered something that we have covered in the past. And in fact, we teach in Podcasting School for Women, which is the algorithm in iTunes rankings in the charts. Okay? So anyway, I totally respect uh, his brain and, and I really uh, admire his voice in this space. His ability to be himself, really. And here are some things that I'd love to discuss. So, wait, uh, before we talk yes, about that, go ahead. What is it that you fundamentally disagree with exactly? With whom? With him? Yeah. It's just because he's not covering us. That's it? Yep. Because the, it's not well, a fully... Is there a disagreement there or is it just not like a. I think that it's sort of like. I feel like he's saying they're not rele- we're not relevant? Yes. But we're going right. to get to that later. Because I think Heather Orderver, who yes, we are gonna is get going to, that to very Let's save easily that get combo, that. shall we? Exactly. So I agree with Heather. I'm saying this now. And this is the reason that I have a little bit of a dissonance with him, although I respect his opinion. But I think it is a magazine, a podcasting magazine that is, again, serving a very specific part of the space, the sphere. And although we can learn things from it, it doesn't really, for the most part, apply to us. So, but here's where I'd like to, I, I do want to discuss. Attempts to convert audiences through the iTunes platform is a play-to-win, already well-worn, probably maxed-out podcast audiences. And if every podcast creator assumes a strategy in iTunes, the platform in general, the charts in specific, at the core, then every podcast director is essentially competing for the very same pool of ears. Did that make sense, people, or was that too wordy? Well, now that I like read that, I was like, oh, my God, he uses a lot of words. He's very wordy. <laughs> He's very wordy. So basically, basically what he says. A... Oh, go ahead. No, that that all of us are trying to compete to for audience in iTunes, right? To convert people who are already in iTunes to listen to your show. That's the scoop behind that. But the truth is that we're all basically competing for the same thing. So it doesn't really work very well. I think he's saying... If you're trying to grow your audience by getting on new and noteworthy and or what's hot, don't bother because everyone who uses iTunes has already seen those shows 8,000 times and they may not even be looking anymore. That was a really, really wonderful way for you to succinctly bring it up. (laughs) I speak Nick Qua. No, I I get it. So he basically very succinctly said all that stuff that, you know, and that and he but anyway, so he steps. He just basically opens this up saying that from the get go, he doesn't like people focusing in on trying to convert audiences directly in iTunes because of what we just spoke about. And then he said, but you know what? It merits me looking at the charts and see how they work because iTunes plays a big part on everything. Therefore, he hypothesizes two different things that affect how the iTunes chart work. Okay, so he basically says that the charts are particularly biased towards new subscriptions and to some extent interactions with the iTunes link and engagements through reviews. That's the one thing. The second thing, the charts are designed chiefly as a discovery tool and it performs its duty by identifying and rewarding podcasts with a sense of momentum. So that's kind of what we teach um, Podcasting School for Women is, is what I feel. Right, Jess? I think it's exactly what we talk about. Yeah. Right. So now the only thing that I would add to But I that, don't think people believe us. No, I don't think so either. <laughs> so basically to like break it down, he said that, yes, it is new subscriptions 
It is, um, you know, interactions, meaning like leaving reviews and ratings, that kind of stuff. Another thing that you people or that iTunes kind of reads as, in quotes, momentum here is people downloading your stuff within the iTunes ecosystem because that's the whole idea. Anything that does not happen in iTunes does not exist. <laughs> For like the iTunes ecosystem, you know, that's what they they want you to go play in their playground. So that's basically what we teach. Now, the only thing that I would add to that hypothesis is that there's also a time component based on that. So the way that you move up and down in the charts and the way things move up and down in the charts is based upon an algorithm of that all of what he talked about in those and those two points happening within a specific period of time. And generally it happens or that I've observed from like Tuesday to Tuesday, so in a week. So maybe, you know, the first week of March, you had all kinds of people subscribing to your podcast, all kinds of people leaving you reviews on your podcast because let's say you just launched or something. And then that algorithm was read. The momentum was felt. Your, your, you know, podcast moved up. Oh my God. And then the next week, let's say you just have like a very average, like a normal kind of people reviewing your stuff and listening to your things. And therefore you move down the charts because that momentum didn't sustain. So that's the only thing that I would add to his conversation. But I think it's the next part that's really important and the thing that people don't understand about iTunes. Okay, you go. The next part he says is, he must get a lot of emails about it. He says, as my inbox suggests, it creates a lot of angst. I argue that feeling comes from out of an interpretation that the iTunes podcast charts should serve as a mechanism that adequately signals or communicates a podcast value or worth, which is an understandable interpretation to hold because... Charts are typically designed to serve as tools to signal value, but that's not what iTunes is designed to do. It was designed <laughs> to optimize for engagement on its platform, right? not to provide any kind of representation of what's valuable. Exactly. Hello. Hello. I could not have said it better. Yep. Although maybe I just did a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> you read it. The reading. The reading yeah, was right. perfect. It's no. The reading is important. Yeah. yeah. Although the rocketing up of a podcast does indicate value. You're just getting a proxy value. There's a strong tendency to read iTunes as a prime arbiter of value because we don't have anything else. Exactly. Absent of other context, one chart of this nature leads to a muddled representation of the podcasting landscape as it renders any act of interpreting relative... This is where he gets mathy. Yeah. It renders any act of interpreting value between podcasts impossible. So in other words, you can't look at iTunes and say... Mine is better than hers because I'm above her on the chart or I'm just as good as Tim Ferriss because I'm next to him on the chart because they don't care about that. They only care that if Tim is getting attention, yours might get attention because somehow two people of the same caliber listen to both. Mm -hmm. It's just made to for you to use iTunes more. Exactly. Anyway, that was my interpretation. So then he goes on and says, this provides poor feedback loop for podcast creators because a big part of understanding the health of your show is knowing how it stacks against other shows. But here's the other thing, he says. I don't perceive this as a story about the problem with iTunes. As far as I'm concerned, there is no problem with iTunes because iTunes got an iTunes. I love that. <laughs> Which is so true. I know. Rather, it's a story about the medium's larger problem of being to know itself and the fact that the main way the industry does is dependent on a single and incredibly incomplete point of view. 
Boom shakalaka. Boom shakalaka. Because exactly. he's a hundred percent right. And so mm-hmm. for those of you, and we're gonna get into this because of Heather's feedback, for those of you who are feeling like the procasters are doing or not doing something, and yes, they may be doing better in those charts, etc. But but he's right. Like it's not a good measurement of your success. You are a good measure. You know if your podcast is successful and good. Not iTunes, nor should they care. Well, then I know that. Well, then Heather would probably say, well, then we need a different media. Well, great. Build one. <laughs> I can't build one. I, I think, have to use iTunes. I know. It, it's so and it's so hard because it's right. It's sort of like we have no other way to discern value in there. It's like it seems to me that we have like if we were thinking about, let's say it's a library, this may not be the best metaphor, but let's let's view iTunes like a library, like a, a regular old school library with books in it. When you it's it carries everything. Everything's in there and everything is sort of cataloged. And we start to impart value on the books based upon the ones that are, let's say, featured on, you know, because we go to the library every almost, you know, twice a week nowadays. And they are books that are put on top of the shelves. You know, they're sort of like featured there in a specific section. And it's based on... Usually, either sometimes people like to read those books, people have been looking for those books already, or it might have something to do, which is, this is the crazy part, it might have something to do with the librarian that's working that shift, and that librarian really likes that book, and they put it up on the shelf, and it, you know, it might be a great book. Yes. But it's based on that specific, you know, it's based on that librarian. It has nothing else to do. If you want to find yes. the top books or, you know, you want to do a little bit more research on the kind of books that you want to be reading that are based on X, Y, and Z, you're going to do a lot more research. You're going to be looking at other places that are available lately to be able to discern how you qualify or how you measure up to the rest of the books out there. Am I wrong? Yeah, no, you're totally right. In my head, it's sort of like it's sort of like one blogger decided to make a top ten podcast list every week solely based on who he thinks is popular, and we all have to use it as a standard of measurement because there's just nobody else writing about it. Yeah, yeah, it would be like if Dave Jackson decided to make a top ten list and nobody else did, and so now Dave is the ultimate measurement for all podcasts in the universe. But we'll add this to the mix as well. But it's really just based on his opinion and absolutely no quality standard of measurement whatsoever. Right. So, But we'll add another layer to what you just said. Let's say Dave did start this new you know thing and and he had the top 10 list of whatever and the other thing that started to add to that would be how many emails or how many retweets a specific you know podcast got during a week so then you know the people that would rise up the charts would be the people who had the biggest audience or like the biggest platform possibly existing people who were the ones that are engaged with that. Because I was just thinking like, let's say you will take an NPR, an NPR show. is a perfect example because you know, he's featured probably a lot because he's famous. You know, he's not talking to that audience. What do you mean? Who, who, who did you say? Bill O'Reilly. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's correct. Some of these ones that have a lot of, you know, millions and millions of, audience, you know, or, or downloads or whatever, let's say we are now measuring the average engagement for podcasters. I would, you know, if I would just to come up with a number, 
I would say maybe you get to mobilize about around 10% of your audience, possibly even 0.5% of your audience to interact with you, right? So when you put out your, your podcast episode, you would get about 0.5 to 10% of your right. overall uh, listeners engaging with you in some way, retweeting, sending a message uh, to you, an email to you, or something like that engaging with you. Let's say that's the average. And so you know, a 5% engagement rate for an NPR show is going to be a lot more engagement than a 5% for one of our show our shows, just simply based on the num the sheer numbers, right? One could be, you know, the 5% for them could be, I don't know, you know, 100,000, whereas 5% for one of us could be 100. So we're not going to see that. But some of the smaller shows, I believe, have a much higher engagement percentage, which could be moving into like 25, 30%, 40%, that's a lot, of people engaging with them. But even though they have that much engagement with their listeners, that's still not going to translate because it's really only, in quotes, going to be viewed in the system of iTunes as a small percentage of people. Does that make sense? Totally. So that's why it's so frustrating because they don't count that when it would be how amazing to get a small audience of, let's say you have a, a core group of 100 people that listen to your podcast because you have a very niche, very, very niche down uh, podcast that is, is offering incredible value for that specific kind of person, right? And these people are so engaged with you. You're getting something over 50% engagement with these guys. That's never, ever, ever going to be read or valued or featured in the iTunes ecosystem, ever, because the only level of measurement is those, that specific type of algorithm. And that's what's so frustrating, and I think it's um, defeating to a lot of us. And you know what I heard, Jess? What? You know that there are, I think that, I'm not sure if there's courses or groups that are in the thousands that are teaching how to get into new and noteworthy and also work to, so like they help each other write reviews and um, ratings and all that stuff so that they can move their podcast into the top spots in new and noteworthy. And I, I'm what? Yeah, that's, and that's like a total thing. How? Well, because they work together. It's kind of like a mastermind of sorts, but their whole focus is on new and noteworthy and being featured. So the new and noteworthy, the ratings, the reviews, and all that kind of stuff. And so that's the val. It's sort of like you have a guy that say, like, everybody, I don't know if this is the case, but I'm just thinking, maybe on Monday, everybody, let's go into iTunes and review each other's shows. And then Tuesday, everybody, let's go subscribe to each other's shows. Yeah, everyone's gaming the system. And then Thursday, I know. And because it's based on an algorithm. And so how is that making you have better content? That's just giving you tactics of gaming the system. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like... It's I all guess, tactic as to how to be a system we shouldn't even... Be paying attention to. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Ay, 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 and ay, so it's ay, like, ay, it's ay. so defeating because it's sort of like everybody, everybody puts the, that much value on iTunes, though. Everybody does. And it's a really big challenge to send it. Where else, where else are we going to pay attention? Like, other, I mean, other than our audience, I'm talking about, you know, maybe a place where we can get a little bit of 
featuring here and there uh, of shows that are really offering a lot of insight and value to a lot of different people that are of a different scope than what we generally see in iTunes as of late, because it's all kind of the same. It's very whitewashed, and literally and figuratively. <laughs> and um, it's all kind of like the same type of stuff. And there's so much more out there that is not being seen. So I stand by my quote, hashtag iTunes is not the boss of my podcast. So you guys need to start using that. <laughs> because you love me. And speaking of masterminds, there are different kind of ways to be able to grow your audience above and beyond something like let's all get together and give ourselves a review. And, I, and I'm, I'm all cool for that because we, all, we, you know, we support our ladies over on Podcasting School for Women that way as well. Yes. Because we understand, we understand what that is, right? But we also understand and we put it in perspective based around what else needs to be done. And somebody that I really just, I can't say enough good things is our newest sponsor, Natalie Ektal from bizchicks.com. And, and Miss Chicks Talk, like, podcast. So it's yeah, like her she... her show's Biz Chicks Podcast. Yeah, Biz Chicks Podcast. Biz Chicks Podcast. Sorry. Gosh, it's very hard to say that. Biz well, it doesn't. Biz Chicks, Chicks Podcast. Biz if Chicks you, Podcast. I just got a little tongue-tied. Yeah, well, Biz it's Chicks hard to, for me to say. Me. Biz Chicks Podcast. Biz Chicks Podcast. Okay. So... Yeah, so she has a mastermind for female podcasters who want to grow their audience and monetize their show. And her groups are always full of diverse types of women, so not... People with all the same kind of show. She refuses to do that. And actually, she was telling me she's in her own mastermind with the lovely Liz Kovar. And it's been so helpful because she has a, you know, a history show, an academia show. And Natalie has a business show. And they're actually very good partners because they're not similar. And that's ex- that's what makes sense. So it works out. Yeah, exactly. It works and, out really well. And, you know, I'm not poo-pooing the master mind because Why that, would you? And, well, well, what I'm saying when I was talking about that there's <laughs> courses out there that you pay all this money for and this is all you do to get into new and noteworthy and all that kind of stuff when really I think Natalie's hitting a really great niche here where there's something that happens after you launch. There's something that happens after you've been doing this for a little bit where you start to recognize that there's a lot more that you can do or it hits you in the face how much more or how powerful your voice is out in the world because this has happened and you're going to see this. Mm-hmm. And and there's times when, particularly nowadays with podcasters, it's really, really hard to find somebody else that understands what we do. That you can sit down and have a conversation and not have to explain it. It doesn't matter if like it's your best friend that you've always talk, talked to, you know, about podcasting with or, you know, somebody, I don't know, family members, or possibly even other business partners or somebody that's, you know, colleagues of yours, if they don't podcast, there is a level, you're going to have to like start talking, like you're going to have to start teaching in some way, like, well, this is a pot and this is what I do. And and then you are going to have to lay all that groundwork first before you can get to the nitty gritty of of really diving deep into how to grow, how to you know, expand, how to, how to move from one level to another level, whatever that might be for you. And masterminds can do that. And Natalie is amazing at facilitating that kind of conversation in groups. And I got to say, I love the fact that this is not a coaching mastermind. So don't expect to show up 
and have somebody tell you what to do or these are the steps to do it. Check this out. It's more about accountability, about showing up, about getting feedback around your ideas, building momentum around the things that you want to do with your podcast. And I think that accountability aspect of it is is super important because you're going to have to deliver on the ideas that you have in your head that come out of your mouth and somebody else has heard them. So you got to do it. <laughs> exactly. Implementation, baby. Exactly. She really helps you focus on what you want. And then she really makes sure that you're taking the steps to do what you want. And the way she makes sure, I mean, the way a mastermind works is you pay her and it isn't cheap. So you're not throwing away money. And then because you've paid her a certain amount of money to keep you accountable and keep you focused, you do it. Also, she looks nice, but she's a little scary. And you don't want to <laughs> like disappoint her. She really is good at kind of the scolding if you don't live up to your end of the bargain, which is what you need when you want to achieve goals sometimes and you're not making time to do that. So she's perfect at that. And also everything with her is confidential. She's really good about keeping things Staying, whatever happens during the mastermind stays in the mastermind. You mean she's not Snapchatting during the mastermind as it's I don't happening. know what you're talking about. <laughs> Are you saying I do that? No, I'm not. I'm just. Okay, because I did. <laughs> and so did you, I saw. We have a problem. We we'll get to yeah. have a problem. So yeah, no there will be problem. no Snapchatting while you're doing a mastermind, but you do Maybe. have to go over to, to, just check it out. Check it out. Consider it, especially if you go like, hmm, that sounds like something I'd like to do. So bizchicks, B-I-Z-C-I-C-H-I-X dot nope. com yeah. slash ShePodcasts. Bizchicks dot bizchicks. com, com slash ShePodcasts. She and uh, yeah, say hey for us because she's created a whole landing page just for us. So it's only you guys that are getting this um, yes. this URL. So yay, New yay. ones start every month. She said, she told me new ones, we found out. So new ones are starting every month. So get your name in there so that you can start achieving some of these podcasting goals that we talk about so much. And thank you, Natalie, for being our sponsor. Yes, thank you, Natalie. You're the bestest. And actually, we're um, we're moving along here to to have some audience feedback that we got. We got some like pretty killer feedback from the mighty Heather Orderver from the Craft Lit podcast. So... Uh, you guys have to like sit down and get into this. It's a little bit over five minutes, but it's really worth a listen. Probably around five minutes long once it's edited down and all that stuff. But um, she's going to be letting us know some of those feelings that we might be having around procasters and podcasters, which I know she's very passionate about. So let's let's get to it. I've been listening to both the feed and she podcasts, reliving the Skype call that Robin, Elsie, and I had at the end of 2014 when I in a panic, contacted you both about the real future of podcasting versus the bozos who were publishing the kind of tripe that Rob really likes to rail against. The result of that call was my short audio response to Serial. You might recall that part of that response was researching the early days of radio and learning that what is happening to we podcasting pioneers is exactly what happened to radio pioneers as well. Within several years of the beginning of radio, Independent radio stations had been nearly universally replaced or bought out by several large companies. Full stop. The end. I think that what we old-timers are feeling can best be likened to the people who went into Alphabet City or Williamsburg or the West Village and made those places wonderful and quirky and reasonably safe and desirable. So much so that 
people with a lot more money than time or taste came barging in and pushing the pioneers out. The insult isn't that they wanted to follow in the pioneers' footsteps. The insult is in the way the pioneers are dismissed. That's so cute. Or, how sweet. Or, how nice that you have time for a hobby. You know, like building an entire neighborhood for me to barge in and take over once you've gotten it started. Or, that's nice, honey. Now you can let the grown-ups come in and make something of this. The fact is, I'm afraid, that we're already done for. Or, the we that we knew before. The minute NPR radio shows barged in, shows which, as Rob noted, only make up a tiny fraction of the total number of podcasts. Once those radio pro-casts started taking all the front-page real estate from actual podcasts, the writing was already on the wall. I felt a little like Chicken Little for the past year, but now I wish I'd yelled a little louder. Not because we could have stopped it, but because we wouldn't be feeling quite so blindsided right now. And maybe someone could have come up with a solution. The only thing I came up with was to get iTunes and Stitcher or any podcast aggregator that has a listings page to separate the podcasts from the procasts. Not separate sections and not separate stores, but just when showing the top podcast in a particular category, have one line for the procasts and a different one for the podcasts. It's like requiring the listing of trans fats on a label. The consumers of audio have the right to know what they're listening to and where it came from. Because we, the podcasters, are doing what NPR can't. We build communities. We talk to and we talk with our audiences. And they talk back. But I can no more get a message to Terry Gross than I could get one to the Dalai Lama. In fact, he might be easier to get a hold of. Have you tried to contact anyone through the NPR webpage? He gods. But our audiences can get to us. They know us. We get to know them which means that we can respond to what they need and what they want. We don't have to rely on poll data and market testing. And we aren't beholden to any corporate restrictions on how we say what we say or when we say it or how long it takes us to say it. If people don't like our show, there are many others out there to choose from unless they can't find those shows. Right now, at the bottom of my iTunes page for my podcast craftlet, in the listeners also liked section, you know, way down at the bottom, fully half of the shows listed there are pod faded. And occasionally, NPR shows pop up there. Just think of what my listeners could discover if the iTunes algorithm took pod fading into account. Even more, if podcasts and procasts were identified correctly. Because we need to be honest, NPR is not getting into podcasting any more than I'm getting into a private jet later today to go to the grocery store. Since 2005, NPR has used podcasting's distribution systems to repurpose radio audio for on-demand consumption. And that is not podcasting. My husband's response to all of this is, yes, they're big bullies and it sucks, but they don't need to care about what they're doing. They don't need to care about what it does to you and all the other podcasters. And I suppose that's true, even though it hits me rather hard in my overdeveloped sense of injustice core. They may not need to care. They're bigger than me and richer than all of us after all, but aren't bigger than all of us together. The way I see it, the only way the situation improves for us is if we all work together towards a common goal. Otherwise, we'd better get used to being told how nice it is that we have such an interesting hobby. Thank you both so much for hosting such a valuable podcast for all of us. Wow, that was kind of powerful, huh? She wrote the I Have a Dream speech for podcasters. 
She totally did. She's the new Martin Luther King Jr. podcasters. Oh, podcasters. That speech. You're, no, seriously. It was that, amazing. And even the even its delivery was amazing. I hope that's written out. I would like for that to be our first blog post on She Podcasts if she has it written out. I know. Wouldn't that be awesome? Because it's she like, must. with it, it's so good. It's so succinct. There's been a couple of times when I've been wanting to like just drop it in. Like, um, in conversation, I'm like, listen to this. Like, I kind of just want to make sure. I like, wish audio could just be dropped into like chats mm-hmm. <laughs> because it was just so perfect. <sighs> but, mm. you know, she made a lot of really fabulous points here that they were so succinct, especially. I think it's the, the I, and I spoke about this before, the dismissal, the dismissal of of the place that we've created. And she, and I like how she brought it to a geographic loca- location because I've had that happen in the past where you moved to a really awesome place because you thought, oh my God, there's so, so much potential here. You've been there for many, many years. And then all of a sudden everybody else found out how cool it was and they started to move in and they ruined the place, right? Because mm-hmm. that happens all the time. Or at least that's happened around. I you, just you don't, don't see it that way. What? You don't see it that way? All right. I tell me how you see it. it. I, I, I mean, I just still don't see it that way because I, do, I still don't feel like – I understand why she feels that way. I understand that it feels like, oh, that's cute. You have a hobby. Meanwhile, it's like such hard work. But I understand why they feel that way They, f- <laughs> because they are professional broadcasters. And it's just like she said – she says this herself, and then she lets the emotions about it get all tangled up in her message. But she says this herself, like, we don't have the same kind of money that they do, and we don't have studios, and they're not doing what we're doing. They're not actually podcasting. All they're doing is repurposing radio content. That is not a podcast. So because of that, I don't see them as a threat. I know that they are listed in iTunes under podcast, but it's a radio show. We, ha- I mean... Do you, but then again, the other part of me is like, well, do you have to really differentiate that? It's all radio shows. My radio, our radio show is the same as their radio show. We just don't go to New York City in a in an uncomfortable skirt to record it. I I feel um, kind of like the ma and pa thing. You know what I mean? It's like it's sort yes. of like that you've been you know you've been building this incredible little community, and and I this see is why it she here in Asheville, that city. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. then that's what's happened here in, in Asheville, too. You know, it seems like this is the the feeling that I get from the people that are here or, or in conversations around this, that um, traffic used to not be in Asheville the way it is right now. You know, traffic in Asheville bad, used to be a lot more open. And now there's like this insane amount of traffic. There's a lot of people that are moving here because they've heard how cool Asheville is. And they just kind of want to get here from, and they're coming from LA, they're coming from Florida, they're coming from like the East Coast, because they just think that this is like the place to be. So again, you know, all of the little smaller sort of local owned places are seeing, even though you would think that more people would, would go to them, it seems like there's a little bit more of like, you know, there's like now a huge Whole Foods that was here when it used to not be that. There used to be like a natural food store that was not Whole Foods, but then Whole Foods actually bought it. It still kept the branding. It's called Green Life. It's still sort of kept, but it's now a Whole Foods. It's under that. And then they opened up another Whole Foods. And so like there's, that's already, all of that stuff is already expanding to such a way that you feel like, well, what's going to happen? You know, like the housing is now a lot more expensive than it was before. It's probably better, I would hope. What's better? The houses that are available, though. 
Well, yeah, but it, no, but it's more expensive. What I'm saying is that it's it's now more expensive. There's less place. There's a lot. There's a lot more traffic. Like all of the stuff of a big big city is now coming in. That the the sort of like the charm of having this lovely place. It's no longer the Asheville of old, if you will. You know, it's yeah. old, which is great. I mean, to some degree, it's great that there's progress. But when whenever there is no progress, is when you don't honor where you just came. You don't honor the people who were there before you. You well, don't, and that's. I mean, if we want to get political about this stuff, it's sort of like Native Americans in the United States. Oh my God! I, it's go. kind of like that feeling. No, it's not. Oh come on! Why wouldn't it be? Because we never honored. No, we didn't. We just came over and took and took it had, over and then killed them. And <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then that's it's why done. It's not like that. But <laughs> that's why. Well, I mean, how do you know? But she she said, you know, the writing's on the wall. I, can can we be that dark about it? Should we be that? We can, certainly. I choose not to. I know. We can, we can. We can, oh. and we still have a voice and whatever, and we're all going to be behind our mics, and nobody can stop our RSS I feed. I think the difference is that the Native Americans didn't have the opportunity to just, like, put on a black hat and some belt buckles and start going with the flow. But we can. What? What Up are you talking game. about? No, but then at the same time, it's like we lost some incre- incredible culture and connection to the land about- and disregard to the sacredness of the universe by some random people coming in and going like, we own this place. Come on. I mean, okay. it's like imperialism. There's nothing. Okay. I only see good things happening from professional people getting into what we're doing. A, it will bring a ton more listeners. B, it will get, hopefully iTunes will get their shit together and get rid of the shows that people aren't updating anymore because it's annoying and ridiculous. All right. That is something that I feel is an issue. Like a big issue so, that, that uh, it's is so yes. annoying. It's, I can't it's kind tell of you, annoying. Yes. even just no offense to the wonderful women who we've taught over the last three years doing podcasting, but- when I go to update our testimonials for for the sales page, a lot of them don't podcast anymore. And so I can't know. I wouldn't know. How would I know? And so I don't want to use the same testimony. I want to use testimonials of people who have active shows who have kept their show. Even if they've changed over the years, they have a different show. I don't want to necessarily highlight women who, who have pod faded because that doesn't make us look very good, right? Yep. So it's annoying that to go to iTunes, I have to research it in iTunes. Like I can't just like... Oh, they've pod faded. Okay, great. Like that that's number two. Number three, because professional people have come in, I think that more of us will be able to get a decent sponsor and make a decent living with it. As opposed to scraping by the bottom of the barrel and then having only the corporate sponsors go after the corporate podcast. I think we'll be able to pitch and achieve. In fact, I know that people who are taking that course are doing it. They're getting their own sponsors and starting to make money. And I don't think that would have happened if cereal hadn't been so popular. At least it would have been harder. Well, I can't say it wouldn't happen because Glenn the Geek is making millions of dollars on podcast advertising. But the man only talks about horses. He's got 14 shows about horses. He's a genius. I'm just saying, like, so far, only good things have happened. And what's, what part, what exact part is the bad part? That they instill a measurement that we can all abide by? Boo. Oh, no. We all have to abide by one standard of measurement. Whatever will we do? It's not about the measurement. It's actually about the soul and the heart of the artist in podcasting. It's the, why, why it's, would that go away? 
Because, no, it's not that it's going to go away. It's about the fact that there is no recognition. And you keep saying, well, what's, what's wrong with the professionals coming in? And that, like, really kind of hurts. Wait it hurts minute. because we are professional. But how can you say that? Let's just look at the let's just look at the NPR. Let's just take one show. Okay, okay. This American Life. What show has more soul than that show? That show highlights American Life. Okay, listen to what. Okay, so here's one of the, the I reasons mean, I that hate I hate cereal. It's so boring, but even that is a compelling story. There's some soul there. It's not, no, no, no. I'm. I okay. So maybe I, not I was like not clear. Thing, I was well, not say, clear. Wait, wait, but I'm just saying it's just it's not the same as a Walmart versus mom and pop's drugstore, though, because the difference is podcasters shop at both. They don't just need one roll of toilet paper and oh no, where do we go? They listen to six or seven a week. They will listen to yours if they're listening to theirs. That's just how listeners are. It's not the same. Do you know? That's why it's not the same to me. Well, here, here's the issue that I see. And then there's, there, there were two different things that I wanted to say here. One of them is that, yeah, you're right. It's not the same. And then we do listen to different things. And I completely agree with that. I mean, I do. You know, there's times when I want, I'm in the mood to watch some kind of, you know, reality show. And then there's times when I want to watch something that is Scandal to, or whatever. Right. You know, like that's going to be amazing. Yeah, totally. Like, I, I get that. I get that. The thing is, I know how to find each. I know where they are. I know how to find them. Because that kind of, um, that media, that platform, TV, films, and all that kind of stuff, there are enough outlets out there that I am able to either research myself by going on the internet or by reading articles and things like that, or I can even ask friends, you know, like I just saw Jared Easley posted about the latest movie, like he was wondering how Zootopia was. Yeah, I saw that. You know, so he posted it on Facebook and he got all of these responses. We had just gone to watch Zootopia. That was really cool. So every there's like a, there's a generalized conversation that everybody can kind of talk to. Like there's not people that, like, it seems like at least you've gone to a movie. Like, the people understand going to the movies. People can read about going to the movies. You'll see an article about Zootopia. Like, it's everywhere. But with podcasts, right now, again, going back to the iTunes thing, you can only find, I mean, not only, but for the most part, if somebody's bumping into a podcast, they're going to bump into the big images that are in iTunes, and you don't even know about half of the other podcasts that are out there. You know? And then, so, and which brings me to when I'm talking about the soul and the heart of stuff, you know, we've been working with Kate Sitka from the Joyful Telepathy podcast, right? So I've been binge listening to her stuff because that's how I do my best work is to really get into your audio and to be able to serve you where you are. The woman is fantastic. She's amazing at her work. She She knows what she, she's awesome. And so listening to her stuff, I was like, oh, I had so much insight. I had so much awareness. I love, it, it gave me so many different layers. How many episodes of- did you listen to? All of them? No, the last three. Last three, okay. Or f- three or four. And so I was like, wow, that, I mean, there's so much to, to, to think about this. And then, and it reminded me of why I got into podcasting because my favorite podcasts were like Kate's, were like these people with a microphone walking down the street and you can hear all these different sounds all over the place. And it was just someone that had something amazing to say. And it made me feel like I could also share with her and engage with her, which Heather talks about, about the community, right? She talks about how we can move our communities. We reach people. She's right. And, and it's awesome. 
and how you know, how much harder it is to reach Terry Gross, which she talked about as well. She's right. So then there is a layer of these that you know the the highly produced shows or the little bit more pro like that they're aimed more towards the storytelling, which is great. Again, they're succinct, they're clear, they're getting a message to you. Perhaps they land their messages faster, but to me that they feel like very um, sanitized. They're very. Um, not that they don't have it's not that they don't have soul because they do hit the places of storytelling and they do hit the heart of people and the emotion of people but there's a part of podcasting that isn't being honored which is Kate the Kate's you get okay. behind the mic and you're reaching out to your peeps. And no, it's not highly produced. And yeah, she's recording in her car with like Bostock and Ella Pell mic, but you know what? Her content really got to me. And I don't hear that from other podcasts. Yeah. I feel connected I to her. I agree with all this. I guess that's this is what the I'm autistic. Saying. This is the autistic part of me. It must be that I'm on the autistic spectrum because I have yet to hear all I hear from that, well, everything you just said and from a lot of what Heather said because every point she hit was 100% correct. But I still have yet to hear one reason why it's bad for them to be in the same. What con? Where are the cons except for I don't like the way it feels? That's the only con I've heard is that we don't like the way it feels. And as far as if that's true, oh, well, sorry your feelings are hurt. But there's no other reason why it doesn't work for us. Again, I, I, this could be my autism because I, I hear and I get that it doesn't feel good. And I, and I feel that way, too. I know it doesn't feel good. I know it's not being honored. I know, But if that's the only con, then why can't we just play in the same sandbox? Because so what if they're bigger so here, and they so, take all the toys. Okay, no, I get they get the, all the toys. And so what we are, we are we are the like if if I were if I was the mom in this scenario, right? If I was the mom. But we're not. I will be the mom. No, no, no. I'll be like, "You know what? Why can't you guys play?" I'd go up and like, "Hey guys, why doesn't everybody just play together? You guys, we can all play together. You guys do this. You got you guys can figure out a way to play." Right? And that's what you would think. And my kids would be right. like, "Oh yeah, let's all play together." But then what we're getting is no, my kid has their toys and your toys. They don't really like to play with those toys. You guys, you can can play here in the same sandbox, but we'll stay on this side. You stay on that side. That's what we're getting. So it's not like we don't wanna. We wanna. Let's do yeah, it. We wanna. But we they wanna. Don't wanna. Okay. Yet. So then you know what the first step would be to get Nick Qua to write a little bit about independent podcasters like us. Rather than just focusing on the pros. Although, this probably won't be very good he for him. He only does that because he works in that. No, he, he doesn't. doesn't. No. He quit. He's doing this now full time. He has full time. This is what he's doing. He's now wanting to make Hot Pot his life. He That's his company. So, I understand why he's focusing on the on the NPRs of the world and the public media of the world. Because that's where the money is. And if yes. somebody's going to support it. Totally. But you know what? If you really knew what podcasting was about and you really sucked it in and your value system was so clear, you would know and you would make choices based upon that, not where the money is. And that's what I'm I'm just so over it. I wish that he would just open up and see the magic that is out there that he hasn't seen. And oh, just do not like dismiss. I mean, dismiss. A lot of the stuff that is being said, even I just read in between the lines with a lot of the stuff that he put out there. And I was like, oh, I missed that the first time. That's a direct jab. 
That's a direct jab. And then when you, when you see stuff like that, it's really disheartening because it's dismissive to everybody that's been in this space before. And it's not true. And, and here's the other thing. There's no need to sit and speak behind your newsletter. He reaches out. Nick reaches out to the people. He reached out to iTunes to see if they could have a comment on this. Yeah, he we're reaches not out doing to people, that. Right? And he, no, but here's the thing. He has not reached out to anybody. Why would he? Where is the space. story? Well, the story is to verify the numbers. The story is to how is how how has been the podcasting space been before I appeared in the scene, before the NPRs of the world? Where did podcasting come from? In fact, I think that there's a wiki that you guys need to know about, and I'm going to put this in here somewhere. But there is the podcasting history. I think there's a podcasting history, the history of podcasting wiki that has been out there. I don't know if it's not it's not on Wikipedia anymore. It's actually got kicked out because what was Wikipedia was doing too. And this is another really annoying thing. <sighs> the early podcasters all got their Wikipedia pages, the old school ones like Adam Curry's of the world, Dan Classes of the world, like people who were podcasting back in the day and just got behind their microphones. The first, the beginnings of them, they had their Wikipedia pages in there, verified and everything, and they, they had just like a bunch of stuff. And then the Wikipedia people just started to delete them because they thought it wasn't worth anything. And it was incredibly frustrating because it was up to them to just delete all of those old school podcasters out of the mix just because they decided. So there's been, there was a new Wikipedia, uh, not Wikipedia, but yeah, like I guess wikis, that's what they're right. called, Wikipedias. Yeah. They got yeah. wiki, a wiki for the yeah. history of podcasting. So that you can go definitely check it out and see what the truth is behind there or like the hidden history of stuff. And and I know that, you know, me bringing the Native Americans into this equation is like taking this to a huge Well, because you're basically level. calling them but rapists truly, and murderers, which I think is a stretch. <laughs> okay, that is a stretch. That, that, I can understand that that, that that would me. be a stretch. But now let's think about it. There's a lot. How hard has it been to get? any kind of true history, if you will, into the school system. I mean, and I know we're getting deeper into the weeds here, but it takes a lot of people speaking up. It takes a lot of people saying, saying like, well, what about this? Like, you know, now people are like complaining about there's Columbus Day, right? Why is Columbus getting his own day? Like nobody ever, co- I remember, for gosh's sake, when I moved to this country in like the early 80s, nobody was saying like anything bad about Columbus, Right? It's all of a sudden, now it's politically incorrect. I mean, I agree that we just stole their land and made them go pound salt. I I agree with that. But I don't feel like our land is being stolen. I just don't feel... I don't feel that way. But I haven't been podcasting for 10 years like you and Heather and Dave and Ray Well, it's and not that, Rob. you know, and, and I think it's a, it's a level of perception as well. You know, it's a level of perception. It's like... I like when there's a Walmart built next to my house. It's not going to stop me from going to the mom and pop store. It's just more option. I like having more option. And I'll, I just want to. But it's a disregard uh, of what happened before is what I'm saying. Here's I, the thing. No, it's true. I want to go back to it's your actual like, reference okay. if I could, if you don't mind. Okay. I grew up in a yes. really small town. It was Frederick, Maryland. And it is 40 minutes North of Washington, D.C. And so at the time, the suburbs of D.C., if you're familiar with this area, are like Potomac, Silver Spring, Gaithersburg. And that's as you're going north. That's how it goes. It goes like Silver Spring, Potomac, 
and then Rockville, and then Gaithersburg, and then 20 minutes, and then Frederick. It's really far, and it's in the mountains, for the love of God. We had one mall, until I was almost out of high school, it had a Woolworth 5 and 10 with the original sign. It was so old, and we had nothing to do. We had one, one movie theater. And then again, later in high school, we got another one that was like a dollar, a dollar movie theater. And then later they built more. And like, as I grew up, the, the city got bigger. And now when I go back there, yes, it's congested. Now it's considered a real suburb. We still don't have a, a train. There's still no way to hop on a train from Frederick and get to DC. But as a kid, we had so little to do that we would literally like the 7-Eleven parking lot. That's where people hung out. How sad is that? There was nothing to do. There was one mall. If I would go hang out with my cousins in Rockville, I would be embarrassed because I couldn't even access the same brands that everyone else on the planet was wearing. That's how country it was out there. And when I go back there now, I have to say, I'm extremely happy that there are more options within which to shop, to eat, that there's better like stuff to do downtown. Like Our downtown is like... Right out of Bar, like, you know, the story about Barbara Fritchie and Francis Scott Key, like, that's all Frederick, Maryland. That's where I grew up, where Francis Scott Key Mall, because that's where he grew up. And that little lady popped out her old gray head. There's a Barbara Fritchie house and a whole thing. And like everything, everything was a mom and pop. And now it's becoming a little more probably like Asheville, where like there's some mom and pop stuff, but it's a little more higher class. And then there's also like some like chains and stuff like that. And I'm and I'm. The culture of Frederick hasn't really gone away. It's just less of a no, a bodunk town. It's just so much less of a bodunk town. And that makes me happy. That makes me happy. I don't want Puck. I don't want it to stay bodunk. I know it's special and I know why it's special. And I know it's special because only special people did it and only special people listened. But I want it to evolve into something that everybody likes because I think everybody wins when that happens. That's all I'm saying. That's why I'm surprised you compared it to the Quakers and the Indians. Because the Indians just had no shot of winning that game. But I feel like we do. Well, yeah, we do if we stand our ground. Because, see, here's the thing. It's like whenever we make a choice towards something, we're saying no to something else. First of all, what stand our ground by doing what exactly? What choice do we have at all? Where it's not about standing our ground. It's just exactly what um, what what Heather mentioned. Work together. All of us work, just get together, be a little, for me, work together to promote each other, which we're doing, you know, on She Podcast, we're trying to educate, right? Because that's part of our ethos, if you will, education of, of women podcasters. We facilitate a deeper community. Those are the two huge things that we do in a place that feels safe. So if we can create and continue to do our work in this fashion and continue to step uh, and own ourselves, which you are too, you know, you've definitely started to step out, getting your courses out there, saying it like it is. We have this podcast. We have the ability to interpret what we're listening to or what we're, you know, the, the news that are coming out there and to be able to really start to educate even the conversations within the group. I think things like that are really, really helpful. Um, it feels like maybe still our platform is small, but it's really up to us to be able to make it bigger with 
the community and by supporting each other to understand that there are other women out there that are doing incredible work, like us talking about Natalie Ekdahl, who's doing fantastic stuff in the industry, you know, and Kate Sitka, who's doing great stuff in her little town, which is amazing. And my little nuns, you know, like. I'm I'm in awe of the kind of work that they're doing and nobody's going to go, you know, pat them on the back for building their community in the way that they're doing it and stepping into technology in such a grounded way. Most of us are doing it just because we're like, oh, oh, I think we need to be on that platform, but they're not connected. So having these type of examples is what's going to really fuel us forward. If we just keep thinking like, well, it's this American life as, as the way to ref- that reflects everything for us. We're not going to get anywhere. So it is. It's sort of like, yeah, it's like I don't want to be – like I said, I don't want to be them. I just feel that we need to be very – we have to own our space and not acquiesce to whatever comes up without – presenting something in an eloquent and elegant way without being like you you Yeah, I mean maybe the women thing is the key to this because we do have women – from WMYC and Slate and Midroll and a couple other places in our group, maybe we should just have these conversations and leave those guys out of it because they're not getting far enough, fast enough for our taste, I guess, right? Yeah, maybe that, to- totally. It's, you know, it's interesting because I have been, I've been like writing on, you know, one of the articles that I'm writing and I will, I, I promise Jess, I will let you know, what, I, I can't say it here, but I will let you know offline what, what this articles are for. And so this one article is about, it's advice for women podcasters and whatnot. And so I started to write it down. And in my first question, even as I sat down to write it was, is it about women podcasters? Like, is there a fundamental difference between a woman and a male podcaster. And as I wrote the article, I because I just started to get thoughts down. I was like, there is no fundamental business. Uh, uh, yeah, I would have. I would have us no really. Well. It's just, it's a different point of view. The article begins from that perspective because I'm a woman and because my experience is woman. I don't know what a guy, a man's life is like, but but my insights are not just for women. They just have that angle to it because there's a little bit more of a connective there's a there are a little more circular. I mean you watch the news, is there a difference between a man and a woman newscaster? That's the difference. Whatever difference you see between Jane Pauley and Brian Williams is the difference you'll get. I have not watched either, but I'm just saying that's the dumb it's like like, what is the difference? Boobs. Yeah. And maybe sometimes not even that. Yeah, and like makeup. (laughs) Sorry. No, but you know what? yeah, but that that's going to be a little uh, crazy down the rabbit hole to some degree because that industry is also. No, I know, up. but I'm just saying. I'm trying but to think. I was what I'm say, saying is like um, interior designer. What's the difference between a man and a woman? But that they don't deliver right. a message. They're really we. They're the only message deliverers right. I could think of off the top of my head. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so no, but but you're right for the for the most part. Yeah. And so I as I started to dive into that, so I think that fundamentally there is in terms of more feminine qualities and that way I'm not qualifying whether it's a man or a woman in terms of like with a more feminine ilk would be the element of communication and of seeing things perhaps from a variety of different angles and instead of seeing it as like a you know these are the borders to have them be a little bit um not I can't say muddy I don't want to use the word muddy because that seems like it's in not even a gray area, but a little bit less like this is right and this is wrong. That there is uh, an understanding of uh, perhaps a, there's there's a lot more to this than we see 
right from the first. And that's really all I want is that conversation that we can get a little bit deeper and that it's not, that we're not just always talking about the same things. It's the same people that are being, and then now we're going to be quoting from that infinite dial webinar for the rest of our lives. Nobody else is wanting to survey that many people. Do you want to do it? Because I've got stuff to do. I'm yeah, not and I'm not. In, I'm not into that. data. I understand it's a little. I mean, maybe it's a little skewed, but I still think it's good for everybody. I don't know. Maybe I'm a socialist at heart. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> but we beat this into submission. But get this segue here, uh, lovely. So we've been talking about some amazingly talented individuals in this space because that's really what the the crux of, yeah. of this is, particularly from yeah. us indie people. So I want to chat about two of them, and one being our our sponsor. Hi, uh, thank Boss you, Boss Jock. Uh, but hi, thank you, Boss Jock. And you know, Boss Jock the came from indie podcasters. Yes, those that really knew in the space. You know, like those guys created this because it was needed. And because they wanted it, because they had a very specific workflow they wanted to mess with, and this is what they did. And they built it from the ground up, and the community like rallied around them, which is amazing. These cats have worked their butts off, put this stuff together, and are serving a specific audience that is dear to their hearts. And I know for a fact, Dave Mantueto, one of the creators in there, is an artist at heart. I mean, he is the mad professor. He is the one that's going to get behind the microphone and blow your brain off because he is so good on his feet. He's the one that you're going to find like in a dark bar at 12 o'clock at night doing some crazy stuff behind the mic because that's who he is. He's just such an amazing energy. And I love the fact that he is like the perfect mixture of like artist and this guy who came up with this app. It's insane. And one of the guys. And then, you know, the other one that I want to talk about really quick is Ray Ortega. Ray Ortega, he's from the podcasters Roundtable is one of the main podcasts that he has. He also has the podcast helper is his handle. I know. But anyway, he does a lot of really wonderful tutorials online in YouTube. And he is great at audio. And he is really, really great at video. And he created this video intro so to speak, to Boss Jock. That is amazing. I mean, the, qual- the the time that he spent setting up the cameras to really show you guys what Boss Jock can do and how it's set up with an ATR 2100, it's amazing. It's so good. And the reason Ray told me he created that is because he felt that the tutorials out there on Boss Jock were not doing it justice. So he thought, I can do it better. And he put out this this um, video that I'm going to put a link in the show notes. And you guys must go check it out. He did such a fantastic job giving you the ins and outs of um, an overview of Boss Jock. So it's not a tutorial. It's not like a how to use it or how to do this. But he does use the ATR2100. He shows you how it goes back and forth. And all the audio that's captured is inside of Boss Jock. You hear how amazing it is. It's so good. I can't even take it. Yay! Yes. Are you watching it yet, people? <laughs> Yay! And I'm like, and you have to do it. I just wanted to let you go. Oh, I like when you just go. What do you mean when yes, I just go and I start talking? Once you start talking you about how much up? you love Dave Mansueto, I was like, I'm just going to play this out. <laughs> I don't want to bother interrupting her because it's like she's just in love, and I'm just. Gonna, I like when you. Dave's I like, like the when you best. bubble over with lovey loveiness for someone. <laughs> He is. He's awesome. like awesome. He is incredibly awesome. And I love she Ray. Wasn't wrong about anything she said. Both of those guys are just—they deserve 
kudos. They deserve to be acknowledged. I mean, these are like the kinds of people that like make make me want to be better, and it makes me like, oh my god, they're so cool. Like for me, talking about these guys, interacting with them, seeing their work makes me proud, and it makes me also feel like oh, they're like they're superstars because I admire what they do and what they have done with whatever they have. You know, slowly but surely have built it. So anyway. All right. So I think we've kind of chatted ourselves to death here. So um, I mean, I can't believe I even lasted this long, to be honest with you. If you guys want to see me on Snapchat, you can see how I feel on the inside as opposed to how I, I sound on the outside. It's hilarious. They have, an, they have an old lady mask for Snapchat. And I was like, well, this is fitting. Oh, my God. That old lady mask. It's, aren't they scary? I had a Those zombie look one like first, so and that was scary. I think if my son saw me as that, that zombie one is scary. look at me like that again. No, my girls, my girls love them, and then they saw that. Oh, you know what we did the other day? We swapped faces. That's scary. And that is yeah. freaking. I don't like that. I do not want to swap faces no. with my girls ever again. Don't. I definitely don't want to see Hunter or May with your big lady body. Oh, my That's God. Like it was the most peeping disgusting into the future. thing I've ever oh, That's I'm sure it was Ugh, awful. It's awful. Truly awful. Dude, it was awful. Oh, it scared the crap awful? out of me. My neighbor so anyway. in a tank top mowing her lawn right now. So it's awful. Right outside <gasps> the door. We don't want to. She probably. I hope she doesn't. No. If she does. I'm just kidding, Charlene. You're lovely. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay, we'll go on that. All right, note. so th- we're going to wrap it up. So now, um, everybody who has not bought your podcast movement tickets, if you have not bought your podcast movement tickets, again, use the coupon code SP40 to get $40 off. Woohoo. Yes. We'll see you there. SP40. And then also check out the show notes, shepodcast.com. Join us at shepodcast.com forward slash community. We're she podcast on Facebook. We're she podcast on Twitter. We're she podcast everywhere. Thank you. Good night. Just kidding. Yes, we are. <laughs> Thank you. Again. We'll be here all week. Thank you. And good night. Yes, that's it. That's right. We are here all week. Woohoo. See you next time. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Bye. The, 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 the.